Hey guys, and welcome to Where Truth Lies. Today I am covering the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp defamation trial. And I'm not doing this for entertainment purposes. I'm doing this because the reason we are so drawn to this public display of their relationship dynamics is because we subconsciously or consciously recognize a pattern in their relationship that is reflective of something in our lives. I mean, we're all humans, right? So we share associations, experiences, memories, stories. So let's get to the truth of their relationship. We're going to dive in and have a good old analysis of what's actually going on. So let's take a look at what Russell Brand said about their relationship. Johnny Depp's a human being, Amber Heard's a human being, and they have, and I know people that know Johnny Depp and stuff, and he's apparently a really, really lovely guy. And I know people who know Amber Heard, actually, who say that she's a really lovely person. So, you know, I'm trying to stay out of the judgment of the individual human beings. Totally understand what he's saying. He's like, let's not get gross and trash these people. But I think it's important to differentiate between judgment of actions and judgment of people. True judgment of people, you know, in a religious sense of, you're a bad person, you're going to go to hell. That is not our place to say. Judgment of actions, though, is a sign that your brain and your conscience is working really well, that you're discerning good behavior from bad behavior, behavior that has consequences to behavior that doesn't. So, I'm all for the judgment of actions. I'm not talking about being judgmental. I'm talking about being discerning, making good judgments. In saying that, he's absolutely right that, you know, people shouldn't be judged as a whole. I, I think whenever someone's acting dysfunctionally, it's because they actually need a lot of healing, a lot of empathy, and they've clearly undergone, you know, extreme, extreme trauma or else they wouldn't be behaving this way. So let's dive in. So initially, Amber Heard came out with an op-ed. She didn't name Johnny Depp's name, but she said that she was a victim of domestic violence. Johnny Depp is now suing Amber Heard for $50 million over this op-ed that she did, saying he, in fact, was a victim. But let's get underneath this even further, because it's too simplistic and not nuanced enough to just say, Amber Heard's crazy, Johnny Depp's the victim here, and yeah, let's just hate on Amber. The first thing that we need to understand is for any of us to be in an abusive relationship, for any of us to be in a situation where someone is abusing us, it's because we inherently have some dysfunction about us that means that we either miss the signs, that we don't have the self-esteem or the security or the internal or external resources to leave that relationship. Now, this is not victim blaming. This is if you are in a dysfunctional relationship, some part of your own dysfunction brought you there. I'll give you an example. To be with a man who maybe he's not physically abusive, but he's emotionally abusive. He gaslights you. He cheats on you. He tells you over and over again, you can trust me, you can trust me. Then he acts to the contrary, but you stay with him. I do not doubt that you are in pain. There's a whole variety of reasons for this. You were confused. You weren't understanding. But all those things are reflective of a dysfunction that you have, that either you're lacking in self-trust or you have codependency and you find it difficult to leave people behind because it triggers a sense of abandonment. The list goes on. 
So at the very least, we can establish that Johnny Depp, if he is in fact the victim, has his own dysfunction that allowed him to stay in that relationship. I think it was for about three years in total. He's not completely blameless in the sense that if he was a fully healed human being, which by the way, I don't really think they exist, but if he was a fully healed human being, he likely would have noticed the signs that Amber Heard was unstable and probably wouldn't have even been attracted to her in the first place. Often what happens is when we have dysfunction, we attract other people who mirror that or other people who complement that dysfunction in a very strange and unhealthy way. So now that I've said that, let's watch this clip. Just don't cut your skin. Please do not cut your skin. Please don't. Why don't, would I do that? It's easy. Don't, please do not do that. Please do not do that. Don't. Please don't. Please don't cut yourself. Come here. I want your mark. No, thank you. No, thank you. The sperm on the pillows. Don't. Don't. Please don't. Don't. Don't cut yourself. So, we've just watched a clip and... Johnny Depp is saying, cut me, cut me, I want you to cut me. And this clip actually goes on for quite some time. So already we have evidence that Johnny is clearly struggling with something and it's causing him to behave in erratic ways. I don't doubt that Amber's dysfunction has probably made him a little loopy. But to get to the point where you are loopy by someone else's behavior means some mechanism of yours is not working properly. Maybe you don't listen to your gut. Maybe you allow people to walk over your boundaries over and over again so just from this little clip we can establish okay johnny's clearly got his own demons he's engaging in pretty strange behavior right so he can't be totally blameless i mean that situation on its own must have been a little scary right for amber a lot of people have said amber is so manipulative she plays mind games with him And I want to play an example of her doing that, where a lot of people were commenting saying she's so manipulative, she berates him. Let's have a look. Be respectful if you needed the space to make you be careful not to perpetuate the fight longer by saying I need I need a few minutes and then actually honoring that. How can I trust you that it will be a few minutes when you've done this in the past and disappeared for hours? You know, I got mad at you in Australia about this. I said, baby, I want to trust you. It's hard for me not to try and work it out. If you want to be the person that's like, I need to cool down, help me do that, give that to you. But I can't give it to you if you always let me down and because, fuck up and be, forget. Because I and, gave you a time limit, because I said I'll be back in three minutes. So I'm just- No, it's if different. That happen, if it happens- It's different, you never- If it happens, I'm just gonna say, look, I need some time. That's it. I'm telling you, that will make it worse listening to that you would think okay amber is berating johnny she's giving him a hard time for saying that he wants to take space but she was actually really articulate in the first 10 seconds of what she said she's saying when you leave i get triggered now she didn't use those words and often miscommunication happens when we can't or don't have the vocabulary to adequately articulate what it is that we're actually feeling so let's let me break this down for you psychologically amber has a fear of abandonment this is why she's deeply triggered when johnny in the middle of a fight says i'm going to take a break i need a break 
Amber clearly has been abandoned in her childhood or even as an adult. And this is something that she's developed a pathology over. What do I mean by that? She's developed a pathological set of symptoms and personality traits to protect herself from the feeling of abandonment, from either being abandoned or experiencing the pain related with being abandoned. Now, what's happening is she's saying, when you leave, when you take a break, my whole nervous system descends into chaos and things get really, really bad. So he's triggering her when he takes a break. I'm not saying that she's entitled to act that way. I'm not saying it's healthy that this is how she responds. I'm just saying this is the truth of the situation. Now, this is very classic borderline personality disorder. I'll get more into that later, but let's keep watching. If you're, if you're stuck in throwing punches. I'm not talking about throwing punches. I'm talking about an argument. Right. In arguments, you tend to throw punches. Okay. So Johnny has just given us a really good indication here of why he walks away. He's saying when you escalate your behavior, when you become violent, when you become manic, when your nervous system is hyper aroused, my nervous system becomes hyper aroused. I'm hyper activated. And now my coping mechanism, my defense mechanism is to walk away, is to withdraw, to avoid the conflict. So here we have classic, classic attachment dysfunction playing out. Amber is afraid of abandonment. But when she gets abandoned or she feels that she's going to get abandoned, she, she panders, becomes desperate and doesn't, will do anything in her power to stop Johnny from leaving. Johnny, on the other hand, is afraid of conflict. He's likely got a lot of repressed feelings. And so engaging in dialogue with someone who is talking about something deep, but then also hyperactivated is going to trigger him and arouse his system. I reference his comments about being abused by his mum, And so he is perceiving fear and danger when a woman becomes escalated in her speech and in her behavior. Now, you would think, okay, that's normal, right? If, if Amber or if someone's becoming abusive, of course you're going to become avoidant and withdraw and want to leave. I would say that Johnny is much more sensitive to this. He has much more of a propensity to avoid things in the first place, even perhaps if Amber is not hyper activated or hyper aroused. But there's two things going on here because his nervous system now anticipates that she's going to get hyper activated and escalate the situation, which is danger to his nervous system. He is going to avoid and withdraw and leave the situation much earlier. So even if she hasn't escalated things, he's going to anticipate, oh my God, this is bad news. I need to get out, run. The second part of that is say Johnny was with a really healthy person, right? Someone who didn't have a fear of abandonment, who had nervous system regulation and, you know, could communicate in a healthy way and self-soothe themselves and not become frantic. I would say that he would still have avoidant tendencies in a relationship like that. He would still find it difficult to engage in conversations that are deep or where there might be some potential for conflict, even if that conflict is not unhealthy. So he's on the avoidant side and Amber is very clearly on a pathological anxious side. Let's keep listening. Who are you? 
So we heard Amber becoming quite desperate. So I believe this fight, this altercation that we're listening to is a continuation on from the conversation that Amber and Johnny were having before that we just listened to. So things are escalating now because Johnny is not validating what Amber is saying and, you know, he's likely activated and at this point he's all amygdala he's not going to be responding in a balanced healthy way you you can't really blame him at this point you can't really blame either of them so she's becoming quite frantic now you can tell that that hyper arousal is really increasing that she's becoming very stressed and she's almost begging she's become very desperate it's like when she's asking why, why, what she's actually trying to do, she knows why he he leaves. It's because he can't handle it. But she's trying to prolong the conversation so that he doesn't abandon her because to her that is what her experience is. So she's trying to draw out the conversation, come back, why? And one way to do that, a very maladaptive way to do that is to fight, is to taunt him, is to provoke him because if you're provoking him, He's having a dialogue with you. At least he's still there. At least he's still in the room talking to you and he hasn't left yet. The other thing that's very important to mention is in relationships when you have a dynamic where one person leans more anxiously and the other person is more avoidant, it's very important that you stick to your word. So Amber's referenced a few occasions, it seems, where Johnny says, okay, I'm going to leave. I need to take a break but I will be back in a few minutes and then he doesn't come back. This would be reinforcing her fear of abandonment big time because he actually is ultimately abandoning her in those moments, even though it sounds subtle if he says, I'm going to be back in five minutes, then now it's her responsibility to self-regulate, to self-soothe for those five minutes. And then when he comes back, she's she can learn it's safe for him to leave because I know he doesn't abandon me. He really is just taking space. But when he leaves and doesn't come back, it's reinforcing that cycle and it's reinforcing her hypervigilance, which is only going to reinforce his hypervigilance and hyperactivation. I don't know if you heard or noticed, but notably Johnny Depp said, I'm a coward. I'm leaving because I'm a coward. So he has a story already, a narrative that's probably been reinforced by Amber Heard, but maybe in other relationships where he runs away and he feels weak, he feels like he can't handle it and he feels like a coward. So that's his shame talking there about his own defense mechanisms. Borderline personality disorder. I'm borderline personality disorder now. Without question. Okay, so Johnny Depp has referenced you've got borderline personality disorder. Now, he's not wrong. I would hazard a very well-informed guess that she absolutely does. So these maladaptive defense mechanisms that she has in place to avoid the pain of either being abandoned or to stop the potential that she might be abandoned, 
has developed into a full-blown personality disorder. There are a lot of reasons for that. One is that she clearly engages in splitting behavior. Splitting is what happens when someone with borderline or even narcissistic personality disorder sees things as either all good or all bad. It's either black or it's white. They're incapable of seeing the shades of gray. And I shouldn't say incapable. They are capable of seeing it, but they're blocked off from the ability to see reality for what it is in a nuanced, you know, detailed shades of gray way. Because to do that is to confront very uncomfortable truths. I'll give you an example. If they're idealizing a partner, say Amber is idealizing Johnny. She's in a phase where he can do no wrong. He's perfect. I love him. He's amazing. He's my life. Then she's actually protecting herself from all the things that he does that aren't good. That would mean, you know, realistically, if she were to acknowledge those traits, that it would be, oh, maybe I shouldn't be with this guy. Maybe we're not as compatible as I think. And I'm actually going to have to leave this attachment, which is very painful because it triggers that abandonment. Even if she's consciously leaving a situation, her deepest desire is to be loved, to be validated and to feel that she's worthy. And so she's looking for that in her relationships, even when they're dysfunctional. So one way that she's splitting is, oh, he's amazing. And she doesn't want to see the other stuff because the other stuff would lead to further pain. Another way is when he's all bad, he's all wrong, he's terrible. It's a way for her to not look at what she's contributing because for her to look at what she's contributing to the relationship in what way she's being dysfunctional, it will trigger her shame. And people with pathologic personalities or personality disorders inherently at the core is a sense of unworthiness, which turns into toxic shame. So when she's devaluing others when she's devaluing Johnny and she refuses to see that he has some good traits too she's protecting herself from looking at her own shame and you can understand when you understand how messed up shame is the experience of shame is supposed to be one of the most painful experiences a human can go through now for Johnny to experience that that would be very, very painful and very confusing if you don't have the tools to understand what's going on or the self-esteem to say, hey, I don't even need to know what's going on. This whole thing's messed up and I'm getting out of this situation. So all of this to say, they both clearly have some serious dysfunction, attachment disorders, maladaptive coping mechanisms, and together they are this explosive uh, dynamic where they're reinforcing each other's subconscious stories about love. So people who are avoidant tend to feel that love is unsafe, that you will hurt me if I get close. And unfortunately, Amber is actually reinforcing that story for Johnny. Now, one of the reasons he'd be so drawn to her is because the story that she reaffirms for him is what he knows. In some ways, it feels safe because that has been his experience his whole life. For Amber... The story that's being reinforced is the people I love will leave me. And that is exactly what's happening when she becomes erratic, when she becomes distressed. What she really wants is show me that you'll love me no matter what. Show me that if I throw something at at you, you will love me no matter what. But we know that in a healthy relationship or even just in the real world, that that type of behavior is going to result in someone walking away. 
So she needs to learn how to self-regulate when she's experiencing that fear of abandonment. And Johnny needs to learn how to confront difficult situations to learn that love can be safe with the right person. So I hope this makes sense. It's a lot of uh, psychological and clinical language being thrown at you. But it's really important that we take the opportunity to understand what's going on because through their experience, we can reflect on our own relationships. I have no doubt that some of you listening to this video will go, oh, wow, something clicked. I just learned a little nugget here. I've just gone a level deeper into my own self-understanding or the understanding of my past relationship. So please let me know if that happened to you, if this conversation got you thinking. I always, always, always want to hear from you guys. Please, please, please engage in the comments. Um, DM me on Instagram. I always want to hear from you guys and follow and subscribe. It really helps me out. If you like this video, stay tuned for our next episode because it's going to be a good one. Bye, guys. Talk soon.